Hey guys, it's the BoxCast Podcast. This is our first episode. My name is Gary. Oh, my name is Wade. My name is Josh. And we'd like to introduce you to the podcast, and we're very excited that we're going to do this both in audio format and in video format. Ah, we're big time in it, boys. Heck yeah. Big time in it, boys. Our producer today is Kevin Kletzer. He's over here in the side. You won't see or hear him, unfortunately. We like it that way. Yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> You'll earn it. Guys, our first official podcast episode. How you feeling? I'm so excited. Dude, I'm so I'm excited. excited. No, I we've been talking about this. I feel like for two years, oh, and yeah. we just never really did it. And now we're finally here. We're finally here. So. And just so everybody's know, we 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 are not in a like high production studio facility. We're recording in Josh's attic, um, at That's his house, right. and it looks phenomenal, man. We, I mean, it looks great up here. Yeah, we should post some before and after photos of Absolutely. like what it looked like before and then what it looks like now, and it's like a complete Absolutely. 180. It's awesome, though. It I is, love it. It's great. It's kind of the perfect little nook for us to hang out in. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the reason that we've gotten into this kind of thing is because we work for a company called BoxCast. Um, they're based out of Cleveland, Ohio. They are a CDN, a streaming provider, and what they do is they make everything easy for live streaming. Right. Our main goal at BoxCast yeah. is to make people part of the experience. Um, but we decided to take on this little project because we felt that maybe there was a, a good niche here of people who, A, want to learn some information about some things, but they also want to hear a bunch of guys talk about gear and production styles, right. and th- but do it in a way that's fun. Um, I, I think personally in some of these podcasts that I hear that you it's just all talk. It's all just gear-related. Mm-hmm. Right, Josh. I mean, it's just like it's one hundred percent just gear related. It, yeah, it's almost too gear heavy, and I think it's good to get into like the principles of yeah. things, the art of live streaming, the art of production. So I right. think it's it's good to dive into the technical stuff, but it, there's also a lot of subjective stuff that matter, and then there's things that are really important when it comes to live streaming, like your viewership, your engagement, yeah, like the whole reason you're doing it, connecting to a community. Yeah. So. We're just going to dive deep into all of it. Absolutely. We want this to be uh, very conversational. Um, we don't want it to seem like, we want it to seem like you guys are at the table listening, being part of the conversation. So if at any time you have any questions or concerns or comments, you want to learn more about BoxCast, please visit our website at BoxCast.com. You can email questions at BoxCast.com. Our wonderful and excellent technical support team, world-class technical support team. We know that for sure because Wade and I, Used to be a part well, of it recently. I have too. We've all helped Clements, customers. Yeah. Clements was like a founding. You like, guys were way better member. at it than I was, wow. but <laughs> we've all done it. Well, we've all been in. Well, and I think that's what's cool about this too is we've all experienced our own pains in live production because mm-hmm. we all three of us work in live production. But we've yes. also experienced a lot of other people's frustrations yes, and pains absolutely. and answered questions. So it's really fun to dive in with you guys on that. Oh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Wade, like we said, Wade was part of the the, uh, the technical support team too. Um, right, yeah, for uh, four and a half years. Four and a half I think years. September of 2016 is when I joined BoxCast and I was on the technical support team. And then as of recently in January, um, I moved over to the marketing team. Now I'm just a full-time Video guy, videographer. Right. So, so you guys also own your own small business company, correct? Tell me more I about do. that. Yeah, yeah, we own. Uh, so Wade and I actually started in video production before we got to Boxcast. In college, we started a company called uh, Bumble Media, which is now we've rebranded to the Cleveland Video Company. But our specialty is in uh, uh, live production and in uh, creative video production. Very so cool. we love talking about this, and it's a well-rounded group because your specialty is in audio. Yes, and yeah. all we think about are lenses and cameras and lighting. So it's a good blend of. Uh, well, I remember too, like before you got hired, Gary. Um, it was like 
wait, this guy has live streaming experience. Like, we need, we should hire him. <laughs> like, go. this is crazy. It's like a diamond in the rough. We need him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I joined. I joined the team. Actually, the funny thing is, and this is great that we're talking about this. I joined the team in July of 2018, and today is my three-year anniversary. Whoa! Yeah, congrats. congrats. That's awesome. Yeah, man, man so we should have got you a cake. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin would have ate it all, so yeah, it's all right. true. <laughs> but it's, it's my three-year anniversary, so I'm very stoked about that. I've actually just transitioned roles. I'm now the pro services manager for our uh, client success team, and I handle all kinds of crazy things, including this podcast. So this is going to be pretty awesome. So yeah, but... I just, I feel, and I, I think this is going to be an amazing opportunity for all of our clients and all of our listeners and all of our viewers to get some really good information. But also, we want you to feel like, you know, you're part of the team, right? Yeah, right. and it's, it's a little bit of a different format because we do a lot of, like, short-form content. We yes. do live instructional webinars, and uh, we do blog posts and written stuff. But I, I like this because it's a little more conversational it's a little bit more of an opportunity for us to nerd out and oh, yeah. it's for it's yeah. pretty much for anybody that's just interested in learning or already Absolutely. knows a good amount and wants to just like dive into the conversation with us yeah and i would say like pre doing this podcast us three nerd out all the time oh, on this yeah, stuff like sure. we have our text group we'll we'll group facetime and we'll just talk about stuff sure. or josh and i will be on a job and we'll hit up gary and be like hey we have a quick question about audio or this or that or what would you do so like the three of us are constantly already talking about stuff like this so Usually it, just, it, it just makes sense. It's usually just Wade and I arguing most of the time. <laughs> it gets through a little bit of both back and forth. But it's good yeah. to like have also like productive debates about what works and what doesn't right. work, you know? And well, there's always, benefits. That's and, how you get better. Yeah, well, I mean, there's benefits and, and then there's negatives to everything yeah. when it comes to production. And we want to talk about a lot of that here um, as oh, we yeah. go through this podcast right. every, you know, oh, every yeah. episode. We want to talk. I think what our goal is is not just to inform but be funny and, you know, kind of make it interesting. Oh, yeah. Hopefully I'm not I'm right? not scared to reveal right. all of my mistakes. It's so. the mistakes oh, yeah. that we want to hear because yeah. that's, how, that's how we learn how to do things oh, better. Yeah. So before we jump into any major topic, let's just talk about the amazing sponsorship that we have here at BoxCast. Oh, sure. Buddy. I think mine says, I think mine's upside down. It totally is <laughs> upside down. That's all Clemens's fault, just to put E-roos. it out there. Josh Clemens. <laughs> E-roos. But we'll fix that later. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, man, I mean, amazing sponsorship with Sure. They donated, gave us um, all like a, like a whole boatload of cool stuff. Um, primarily, our podcasting microphones are the MV7. They actually just released these a little bit ago. Yeah, these are um, nice. I think they sound yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I love these. They sound amazing. They got great range. Um, the cool thing is they operate both on XLR, which is what we're doing here, um, but they also use USB. And if you, mm-hmm. you probably can't see it right now, but there's a little audio adjustment with a. Uh, oh, that was the mute. coolest part, and how intuitive it was when I first plugged it in. Like I plugged it into my computer to try it first, just for like a Zoom right. call, and then the little green dots pop up here, and you're just like, okay, do I just slide it over to turn myself up and yeah. you know up and down? And it was that yeah. easy to understand I quickly. I didn't have to like. I mean, I know they have sure, the Sure app and stuff like that, yes. but you don't even. I didn't even need to download that to like make it work right away, which is what I no, love. Just plug and go, man. Just plug and, plug and go. go. Yeah. yeah. The audio quality is obviously amazing, but I get excited about like the interface on it and the app that you can connect it to to change different oh, settings. Yeah. And yeah. there's all these like little things that surprised me. I knew it was gonna sound good because I had heard that and I was like and I've heard like samples before, but I didn't know that it was gonna be so easy to use. Oh and, yeah. Like, right. Out of the box sounded it's pretty amazing. Dope. It's pretty dope. So, but you wouldn't be able to hear those things without some of the other gear that Share gave us, and that's some of the in ears and headphones that we're using. My friends here are using the SRH eight eight. I'm sorry, eight forties. They are the over the ear uh, headphones. They are sound isolating. 
how do they feel yeah. though? That's that's really the question. Dude, so they feel awesome. Yeah, my my testimonial about this would be usually I'm a I'm a video editor too, and I'll edit for like three to four hours. Say it's like a wedding highlight reel or it's like a box cast tutorial or something like that. And my the weird thing is they sound amazing. Again, that's <laughs> without a doubt. But like my ears usually get really sore yeah. when I'm editing because I have like these things clamped. But we've been wearing these for like an hour and a half now, and I I forgot that they were on they're my on head. Your head. That's amazing. Although I, I will say it adds like six inches to your head, but that's okay because every every <laughs> oh, really yeah. good sound isolating headphone will do that too. But it, it just makes me look really smart, I think. <laughs> <Something like that>. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> we're going to leave that one alone. I, uh, I'm i using the SE215s. Um, they are a probably my favorite non-custom in-ear headphone. They're, they're sound isolating as well. They come with all kinds of range tips. Uh, even foam and silicone, and they just they have really good response. So they're a single mm-hmm. driver. So for you audio, I was gonna say I don't even know what that yeah, means. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say. So for you non-audio what? nerds out there, um, a single driver is basically a single like speaker in in term, and it's what's driving both low end and high. And then all of the other brands like the four fifteens and up, they have dual drivers, so they're hitting highs and lows separately. Mm. So you'll have a completely different experience. But oh, these are fantastic. Okay. We want to thank Sure very much for their, their sponsorship. Yeah, thank you so much, Sure. We appreciate it. This stuff that. is amazing. We're loving it. Yeah, we absolutely love it. And I, I personally have an MV7 at home just, just for the fun of it. So yeah. excellent. Well, I think um, maybe we should go ahead and talk about our first woe. What do you guys think? Yeah, okay, let's, let's dive into it. it. Let's dive into it. I think, yeah. it, I mean, we wanted to kind of give a light start to our first episode. Right, but yeah. I think we should just go ahead and just... I don't know. Air out right our dirty laundry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, air it all. Sounds out. great. So let me <laughs> uh, let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, as being a small business production company that handles you know live events, not only just live streaming but also just the recording and that. I mean, you guys do a ton of weddings. Yeah. I've seen you guys do funerals. I've seen you guys just do regular. You know, we've done or- corporate cornhole tournaments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's the, the weird. Most- it runs the gamut. Well, MMA and corporate cornhole. I, was say, I think MMA- are the are the most. Unique I live streaming MMA. things we've done. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's a, well, we're gonna have to hear about one of those here soon. Yeah. yeah. But um, let me let me ask you: Do you guys operate um solely with one camera? Or do you guys use more than one camera? I mean, I try to bring as many cameras as I can. How many is too many cameras? I don't um, know. probably well, five. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say four or five, probably four or five. So, but what is I your would, normal operation? I would say a normal operation is three. And it's um, one's a wide shot, which is like your safety shot. Yeah. Okay, you know, just hey, if it's a stage up front, it just covers everything. Two is a close up shot of whoever's talking or the action, whatever you're recording. And then three is usually like a fun shot. I would say, right? There's not a, a f- not a fun shot, but you could show the crowd immerse- uh, something yeah. that's more immersive. Yeah. So I'll give you my philosophy, and this might help answer how many cameras do I need. My philosophy is to make the live stream more immersive than if you were there in person. Okay. And so, for example, when you watch, like, professional sports, if you go to a professional sporting game, you do get the atmosphere and the experience and right. the sensory experience of being at a sporting game. Well, you game. have to. I mean, you're live. Yeah. But if you watch it at home, it's people don't even realize how much work is going into it, but it's amazing what you get to see. You get to hear sideline audio right yeah you get to see close-ups of all the stuff happening you get to get like interviews from the coaches while the games happen there's so much that happens there that you're like like sometimes legitimately live sports are done so well that i'm like i kind of want to watch this at home because it's it's gonna be more immersive so whenever it's like 
how many cameras do I need? I'm like, well, whatever it takes, usually as long as it's within budget, like whatever it takes to make it really good. Like, so, so you're not just at home watching like one wide angle view right. and it's hard to see what's going on on stage. You gotcha. Know? Yeah, I would say the best example of, of making it immersive is like when we did Notre Dame College's graduation. Yeah. Because we, we had four cameras for that. Mm-hmm. I think we had four cameras, but the, wow. one of my, one of the, the best camera angles, in my opinion, is we set up a camera that was pretty close to the stage on the left side so that when the person got their diploma, and they walked you would see a shot of them walking up on stage, and then you'd see a close-up of them and the president like taking the photo together. Right. And then once they left the president, you would see them walking off because we saw it like as like if you're, them walking right. if that's your granddaughter, if that's your cousin, your brother or sister, and you can't make it, they're only on stage for 10 seconds. You want to see... Yeah, you all see ten yeah, seconds. It's got to be a punchy, yeah. yeah, a punchy ten seconds yeah. wow. where you felt like, whoa! I got the I like, got the most out of and, seeing them up and there. A lot and of close times, ups. The viewers yeah. may not even know it. Like they're not like, oh, there's four cameras on that stage, but you almost don't want them to, in a sense. But right. you do want to make it so that I try to think like when I walk in a venue, like, okay, how how can we make how can we put cameras on stage because that's better than if you're there in person. Right? How can we yeah. like have a moving camera? How can we show the room so that it's important to show the room so that you can put yourself in the context of the audience? Sure, yeah, you know? absolutely. You That's have important, to. Uh, unless it's like a really boring room, and then you're like, "Yeah, let's just cut that." But uh, <laughs> those are the like those are the main things. Not just like our room, right? And it's not boring. Making it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, no, even like this. even again for um, like when we do MMA or we've done MMA in the past, we you know when the fighter walks out. Oh yeah, yeah. There's usually a little bit of runway that they create with smoke and all that stuff. So yeah. what we do is we'll hook like. You know, a Canon Vixie up on a little Ronin stabilizer, and and we'll have and our Hollyland walk wi- wirelessly them. sending it, and we'll walk yeah. with just them. Just walk with them Whoa, because it's cool. like, and and again, you're not gonna if you're in person and you're in the stands on the left side, you're not gonna see that angle. Right. But at home, it's like so, that is that is a powerful angle. Let's talk about that real quickly, right? Angle, yeah. right? Okay. So you're saying that a a camera angle adds not only interest to what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And, and but it adds depth it adds immersiveness interactivity probably right yeah. so would you say the main point of that is that it makes it look like you're part of the experience of what's happening there yeah 100 so, so for example if we could just you know break break the persona here of not looking at cameras and such right right so kevin uh our producer kevin's going to show you a little bit of this so kevin if you can go to the wide angle shot for us so this this would be the wide angle shot right, right here so just quickly we're seeing the room Right. Yes. Right. We're seeing some of the elements in the room. We're seeing some of the things like the table. So, and the reason we've purposefully put the camera pretty close here in the front is because we want you to feel like you're sitting at the table. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. what you're talking about in the wide angle shot, right? right. Yes. You're you're setting the stage, and it kind of feels like you're here a little. Right. Bit. And so, if you can cut to my camera there, Kevin, um, when you cut to my camera, it's me. I'm I'm here. This is where the action's happening. I'm talking. Obviously, we're trying to keep it more conversational, so we're not going to look at the camera the whole time, right? Yeah. But. In turn, this would be what a close-up mid shot. What was what would this be called? Um, I would call it. Uh, I would call it a like a medium close-up. But it, I mean, it all. There's a lot of different like range on that on what types of shots there sure. are because it's like, are you talking about live production or are you going to talk about cinema? Because cinema has different. Descriptions oh, cinema is way different because yeah. they're focused on like the human body and like what what the angle is in relation to the actor. Right. Whereas, like, I guess in live production, it's more about like how far away are you sure. from the stage or the Kevin speaker. if you could cut to, to their camera as well cuz yeah. then 
So this would be. I just call this a two shot. This is just a two shot. Like yeah. okay, because it just shows two people, two individuals. It's very yeah. like straightforward. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like a two medium shot. But but going yeah. back to your point about your angle, I think when I'm producing stuff, I really like to get as close as possible, like <laughs> uncomfortably close. I'm weird like that. Like your microphone to your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah like that. Yeah. Uh, but I like to get really close to the subject, and that's why I love cameras with great zoom range, because I think when you're watching at home, people are watching like, you know, they're watching on their phone, they're watching on a laptop. They right. could be watching on the TV, but you have to make that like subject a little bit larger than life. So if you don't think about their framing, then like, the the point of multicam can go away a little bit or can't feel as immersive right well and i think that's the i think that's the goal is what you guys said right it's yeah the goal of multi-camera shot so let me ask you like we talked a little bit about like one two three cameras right you right. guys you guys have kind of laid in like three is like your main go-to right yeah three I would, cameras yeah. Main go-to obviously we're operating three cameras here today um for for someone who let's say Someone who doesn't have three cameras, maybe they're right. running one camera. Wade, just give me a little bit. Like, what would be something you would say is the most direct and easiest way to use one camera as a setup and make it look good? Right? Yeah, for streaming. Uh, for streaming, or even just you know, yeah, we'll just stay, in let's general. Stay with streaming. Let's stick okay. with streaming because I mean that's kind of our forte here at Boxcast, right? Streaming. So yeah i mean i i do this from time to time with like weddings when we were live streaming weddings yeah. a bunch um you know let's just say they were just like hey we don't really want multi-cam or um you know their their budget was a little smaller um and they just were like can you just do single camera like sure and what what i would personally do and it just again it's different for everyone a little bit but you could set up in the back of the room and be real wide and just let just it, pick everything let up it, and let it run and pick everything up what i would normally do is for weddings in particular for live streaming if I'm in the back of the room, I would at least, at times, maybe I'd hold the wide shot for a couple minutes, and then I would zoom in on the past. And so, it's just, and he's like, and now I'm close to him because he's talking about, you know, X thing and whatever. And then maybe I'll pan over to the couple because they're here ultimately to watch right, the couple. Yeah. But just slowly, you know, moving around the camera. If you only have one camera and you have someone who can operate it, just nice and easy moving the camera around to different spots of where the action is happening. And that's the key, though, right, is having, I mean, even just going into that, having an operator. Having an operator, right. That's the other thing. If you don't have an operator, then leave it in the back, nice and wide. Make sure your subject has decent lighting. You know, I'll I'll say, obviously, you want good lighting, but you don't want it to be completely. You want to be able to see it. You want to be able to see it. So, um, so the and key, obviously the don't... technical key there is if people are like, what do I need for that? You need a good tripod and a zoom controller. Okay. A good tripod that can pan and tilt fluidly. So right. the movements aren't like super shaky when you do it. Gotcha. And then a zoom controller that will attach to your camera to like smoothly zoom in and right, out. Right. Cause it gives you right. a smooth flow and yeah. That. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, in all saying, like, I can tell you, like, my church, we operate one single camera on a Sunday morning. We're zoomed in enough to get the whole stage with right. everybody in it. And, you know, we can see just about everything off that stage. Maybe we get a little bit of the crowd on underneath it all. But it's, and, and it's at a good angle. It's at a good height. Yeah, that's the other thing. You know, height. Height. You got to be up a little bit. You got to be up, Because right? when, as soon as people stand up, they'll block your shot. You so you need a little, you need a head. riser. You need to be on a balcony. Right. But you definitely need to be up. If you're gonna have single camera or Absolutely. any camera in the back of the room, it needs to be up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, that makes sense. So, I want to hear a story. Like, I want to hear a story about something like, like, what was like the most horrible experience, the most difficult experience you guys have ever had with like multicam? Yeah, that's got to be our first multicam job for MMA. 
that we ever did. This will be interesting. We, yeah, because we, well, we're not, we'll, we'll touch on the internet part in a little bit, but just multicam in particular. So for MMA, they had us, um, think of it like a school gymnasium. There was a little bit of staging. <laughs> okay. So we could like set up on the stage, which is cool, but then they had the MMM ring, MMA ring in the middle of the gym. It's not really like that, but I'm trying to yeah. picture it it's in your head. Right? It's at the scene, right? the scene. Yeah. So we could put a wide shot on the stage. That's easy, right? Right. It's right by our switcher. That's pretty simple. But then they're like, yeah, well, usually people have cameras, you know, like someone stands on this little little <laughs> three by three box. Yeah, we didn't know a that. A little apple tree no stand over the cage. They stand over the cage and they yeah. point the oh, camera no, down. They, we didn't oh, know wow. that the first time. And we had no idea. I guess it makes sense now. It makes sense because you want to <laughs> see what's in the cage. Right. You don't yeah. want to see yeah. like the cage and them. And so we, um, you know, we taped our tripod. I think we actually used it at a 25-foot HDMI we, cable. <laughs> I think we zip-tied it, too. Yeah, because we zip-tied it and taped our tripod to the cage, and then I had to stand up there, but I used an HDMI cable to hold me <laughs> in so I didn't fall off. Yeah. Because- Like a tether? I know we're getting off topic here, but no, no, when you great. do MMA- No, no, it's great. They bump into your side. It's like your whole stuff, everything shakes. Yeah. So um, that was a little scary for me the first time, but to get the connection from there, that's probably like about 100 feet. 120 yeah. feet back we to our switcher. We just didn't think about the like the kind of cabling we need to run. Yeah, you know? or or power too. You just don't think about like, well, how do we get yeah. power to the camera? Because gotcha. it's it's a four hour event, so a battery is probably not going to last the whole time. So we had to run power to it, and I think we ended up. Josh was like, "Well, there's these things. They're HDMI to Ethernet, and they come out on the other side." And right. we were like, "I guess that works. Let's just buy a hundred foot Ethernet cable." And we didn't really know at the time. I mean, it worked. Yeah. But it was... Um, it was pretty janky. It was pretty janky. And then also, like, the other thing, since we were so new in live streaming, you're so excited about the job and everything that you don't... They're like, yeah, we have internet. And you're like, cool. Didn't go and test and do anything. Showed up that day. They're like, yeah, it's in this office, which is, like, 300 feet away from where and you guys will be. And it's also, like, a, it's like a concrete <laughs> building, too. Oh, yeah. Wi-Fi signals would be horrible Yeah, in there. so I yeah. think we were getting 900K up. And, um, and that was, and, like, shared throughout the building. Yeah, and everyone when everyone got in there, basically, it was horribly messy wow. and gross and like they still i mean they still paid us but they they still paid you <laughs> it wasn't they didn't invite you back though but it the moment great. no they did they did they ended up they kept hiring us for other gigs and we just got better at it over time because we learned from our mistakes but like luckily there were some really cool moments that happened during those fights that we captured and had recorded and i think one of them went viral didn't one of them, it? Went or kind one of them got like someone did like some was publicity it like a... within the mma community because it was like such a crazy knockout and our oh, okay so like our optics weren't great our color was like a little weird because we we're still learning what sure. we we're doing we we're really young and um it wasn't that amazing but we still got the shot and the framing was pretty good and it was definitely watchable so right it felt good to at least i mean if you're new to what you're, if you're new to all of this, as long as you just are, you're recording it, you're capturing it. <laughs> yeah, record you're on doing the camera the basics. too. <laughs> we did the basics right. We didn't do the complex stuff really well, but we got the basics down, and so that got us more jobs. So you when know? you think about multicam setups, it's it's more it's multifaceted in its yeah. uh, requirement, right? Yeah. Because I mean, we could we could talk about. What brand of camera to use all day long? We right. could talk about. Well, one thing we didn't even mention: distance. Is we had to give audio to the announcers. That was new to us. We bought headsets. I think oh, the second yeah. time around, we bought broadcaster headsets. Yeah, and like they were like, "Yeah, well, the announcers need audio. You know, you need to have the announcers do audio, and the announcers like to see the camera feed. So oh, again, wow. like we have to run 
which we were so new, we were like, oh, we don't know. Like, so multicam not, doesn't even just incorporate and encapsulate just the cameras. It's how you're sending it, where you're sending it to. Routing. Right, routing. Where you're routing everything yeah. out. Wow. So, it, so again, you know, just as something we can recap on what that means, we, when you think about multicam, you have to think of everything, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, you know, easy to say, right? S- sometimes I draw it out on a piece of paper. That helps okay. me. Like, I know this Mapping table is going to go here. You have to map it. Everything from power to audio to if you're using intercom, yeah, if you're anything on, like an intercom microphone, an intercom mic, so I can talk back or hey, tally I'm on, or I'm, tally mic. Tally, yeah, I'm on your I'm on your camera. I'm not on your camera. Stuff like that. Gotcha. It's wow. good to create some sort of tech diagram so it all it makes is. sense. So when you show up to a new venue or or you're installing in your own venue, it's good to like just you know you have a rough idea. Check it yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. So would you say make sure it all flows together? Absolutely. So would you say that? And I know the answer to this question because in this in this sense, what you guys did in this story, which I think is hilarious, but it was worth having multiple cameras. Yeah. Oh, you had to have multiple cameras. You had to, right? Because the event, the way it was, is it Mm -hmm. worth having multiple cameras? Say at a church. Uh, So my philosophy is, I'd rather see one really artistic, clean angle than like four that are kind of poorly lit and like nonsensical so and that, there's a law of diminishing returns on camera angles that's i we won't I, get into that no, right no. now but i, I would like, say i i somewhat agree with josh where i would rather have one really high quality camera in the back and wide that's maybe a thousand dollar camera versus three two hundred dollar cameras. so are you saying cheaper is not always better yeah i would yeah i would but agree with that statement i also Again, it goes back to like what's the rule is just to make it as immersive as possible. Right. So just make sure that one camera angle doesn't, it's not too wide to where you can't really yeah, like feel probably like you're what, close up on the speaker. You're just not getting enough action. Yeah. Right. Probably what you do at your church, or like focused. you have it closer yeah. up so you can see the stage. Because yes. instead of just fully wide, right. you see every single person coming in, but you can't really see what's going on right. on stage. And that's why Wade Wade's whole thing about making the camera move, if it's only one camera, but putting a zoom controller on and a, a nice smooth tripod and just kind of moving with the action. I think that's more engaging than a static shot. And, and it's okay to do that. I mean, here's yeah. and all here's honesty, the thing. it's okay to do that. You have to remember that viewers have a really high tolerance for quality content because we're just inundated with it, right? Like right. we all subscribe to streaming services with high production value shows now and movies and so we're just so used to stuff that looks good and it moves fast and it's engaging. So like if you're going to do one camera, a static wide shot in the back of a room that is framed poorly just isn't enough to keep somebody in it. Right. That you makes know? sense. It's got to be immersive enough. I mean, you, yeah. we can say that about everything, right? Sure. I mean, we can say that about, yeah. you know, graphic design. It's got to be immersive. Like you've got to be able to feel yourself into the, into the graphic, you know? It, it could be audio, like good yeah. good quality audio is way better than bad quality audio. Yeah. But I mean, if you're underneath a blanket recording our voiceover and it sounds decent, I mean, go, go for it. You know, I mean, that's a cheap method of doing it. But like, yeah, I I don't know. I just have I just have like I'm this kind of guy that says I'd rather have a um I'd rather have a camera that is a decent quality, um and I and know how to use it, yeah, mm-hmm. and know where to place it than have a m- super expensive. Eight thousand dollar, four K Pro version, you know, Black Magic camera, right. and have no idea how to use it, and yet, you know, I yeah, think the I, quality, you know, and that that more expensive camera requires more um, 
attention and maintenance and experience experience and then somebody you have to baby that camera whereas like a thousand dollar camera is kind of sold to for you to set it up and for it to look pretty good out of the box but a way more expensive camera requires someone who knows how to use it but i mean and so you don't actually get more out of a more expensive camera it's actually like uh, you know, sometimes more is not always better. Yeah. In yes. this regard. I more mean, money, more problems with mo camera money, equipment. <laughs> Seriously, right. the more expensive stuff you buy, the the more you have to deal with. The it. more you have to deal with it. Well, and then the yeah. more maintenance and the more requirement it takes to learn yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Gives I mean, you a better output, but like. Right. You know. But if you don't know how to, if you don't know how to get to that final product with the equipment you have, and even in a multi-camera situation, like I mean it. <laughs> I think we joked about it yesterday a little bit, yeah. Wade. You said it took you five hours to get these camera angles the oh. way you wanted, right? <laughs> like I think we came in last night. We were doing some stuff in here. We're well, like, I was hey. here. I was here at four a.m. Yeah, setting these up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm not gonna sleep tonight after we moved all the cameras and do some rearranging. So I mean, it, 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 knowing what your final product want, you want it to be and what you want it right. to look like. I mean, I've seen some really decent multicam shots on like. You know, the budget camera, like the Canon Vixia 800s, which, yeah. by the way, not knocking them at all. No. They are a very decent open camera. Like, if you're first time live streaming or you're first time recording, they work extremely well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen some really decent stuff go on with those. So, it's, but, but when we think cheap, though, that's the. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, I, w- I would say, and it's just if your an phone advice, can do a better job then don't buy that camera. That's my Ooh, that's, my, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. Mm-hmm. That's I a was hot take. I was going to say You don't need you don't need a separate camera if your phone can do a better job. I I was going to say just just stick to the main brands if the camera's a little bit less expensive, but just just stay away from those Amazon cams that are like 60 or 70 bucks. 70 like the $80 4K. The, yeah, the $80 4K camera that comes with the shotgun mic on it and stuff. Just just those we've seen, and we've talked to customers where they get them and they don't work how they expect. Or right. my favorite is you plug it in to your switcher or the box cast or whatever, and the LCD screen shuts off. And there's no way to see And it. they're like, wait, I can't see the angle. Why is that? And it's like, well, the camera was $95 it's on Amazon. It's one output. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I, I think the, <laughs> I think in the, in the world of that, right, you know, it's, it's just important to make sure that you're not going too cheap. Yes. Right? Too yeah. cheap too cheap there's a there's a point right i mean i think we were talking about this with my wife and with with our church it's like yes we know equipment is expensive guys i mean and in post-covid it's even more expensive yeah it's hard to find stuff it is hard to find stuff and it being expensive doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna have the best quality right but yet if you go so cheap you're not gonna have any quality at all yeah i think if you i think i think the rule should be like you should buy stuff that's gonna push you forward but it's not too advanced and too far forward to the point where like you can't handle the the like like okay so exactly four years ago yes. I could not have purchased like a red weapon and like been able to do anything with it. Okay, time it out. What's a red weapon? It's like I'm a, thinking a knife here. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a, a it's like a really high end cinema camera, but it's not for like movie. It's for like indie filmmakers and uh, people like Wade and I basically. But it's a little more expensive. <laughs> I don't know how much they are. Maybe it, we're talking really about expensive. like a $10,000 camera, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe at least without yeah. the lens, all that stuff. But it like comes like just with the body. And if right. I would have bought that, I wouldn't have been like, I wouldn't have been able to get much out of it because it's too much for me. It's too much camera for me to handle given my expertise. Gotcha. So now I could do it and I could do some damage so with saying, it. You're saying, buy it, but things it would, that you it grow would into. level me up. It would level me up, but I also know how to use it. Now, 
Now. Now. Yeah. So yeah. think about where you're at and your technical ability. And there's a lot of, mit- like, there's so many cameras on the market. Yeah. And one thing I would tell clients and I always tell people is, like, if you're looking at a camera, try to rent it first. That's before yeah. before yeah, you true. spend. That's a great Before point. you spend, even if it's 600 bucks or you spend 2500 bucks, rent the camera for the weekend for 150 bucks. Yeah. We and use lensrentals.com. Shameless free plug. plug. Not free, a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Not free a sponsor. plug. I use lens rentals. I love, it. <laughs> love them. They come in hard cases. That's my rant. But rent the gear first, even like an ATEM. You can rent an ATEM and try it. And try for be- like you, for the 70 bucks yeah. for a week. You could probably rent, let's say you've never done multicam. Right. And you want to do multicam at your church or wherever. You could probably rent an ATEM. Here, and that. you could rent two cameras for the weekend for 300 bucks, 400 bucks. Maybe. I mean, that's fair. I mean, that's fair. And like, just you're testing in, it out. You're testing it out. You're trying it. Maybe rent it for a Thursday to Monday and just see. There's like the, yeah, the ATEM Mini Pro for $63. $43 for five days, which is, if you're, if you're thinking about buying an ATEM Mini Pro, you're already like, well, I'm going to be $600 in the hole. So you might as well spend right. $43 to, to try it for a week and make sure all, yeah. everything connects right. Everything looks good. You're happy with it. Yeah. Or something even more realistic, probably for Wade and I, like, uh, something we've been eyeing is this uh, ATEM, Blackmagic Design ATEM TV Studio Pro 4K switcher. Okay, yeah. It's a panel and a switcher, and it's a really right. nice... It's nice $3,000, but for it's like Josh and I, switcher. we could charge a client easily 200 bucks to rent it and use it on a project and be like, Josh, did you like it? Because Josh usually switches for us. And he could be like, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Like, I think we should eventually so, get it. So your, your advice yeah. is like, if, if you're thinking about... If we stick within the realm of being, you know, cheap and expensive, right? Yeah. Going in that whole gambit between the two, right? You're, Sorry, I'm you're, getting excited. That's all right. <laughs> he just keeps looking at stuff. Yeah. Um, it's better for you as an as a producer, as a creative, as a church, to maybe try these pieces of equipment out before you invest tons and tons of money into something that a your volunteers may not know of, or right. your staff may not know how to use, yeah. or you yourself, if you're the only person producing these things, yeah. may not have any knowledge. Yeah. So in that regard, I mean, like we said at the beginning of the, of the part of the segment, is like cheap doesn't always necessarily mean bad quality. It just It's really about how you use it. And, yes. and, to, and then to Clemens's point here, to Josh's point, is if you're going to buy stuff, especially if you're doing multicam setups, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to get into the world of multicam setup, Buy something that you can grow into. Yeah. When you've reached your limit on that, then it's time to look into to upgrading, like to maybe going to yes. the next step. Because there are so many pieces of equipment out here, like camera switchers, audio mixers, that offer all of these amazing features. But if you don't know any way of using it or how or what these features do until you know that you need it, yeah. right then it makes sense to grow into your equipment. And right. I think that's probably the most budget-friendly thing you could do, especially if you're an organization or a yeah. small business or yes. a church. Yeah. Right? And the good thing about switchers, speaking of growing into things, is like buying a, a decent video switcher will last you for a very long time. Oh, yeah. Like even if you bought the ATEM Mini Pro, for example, it has up to four inputs, Like, and you wanted to start with two cameras, that would get you up to four cameras. It would show you the ropes of audio mixing. It would mm-hmm. give you a taste of live video effects, like picture-in-picture picture and overlays. Yep. And chroma keying, if you wanted, wanted to, get... to dabble in there. Yeah. There's even luma keying. If like, you... Even does luma. Yeah. Like, the great thing about video switchers is they last a long time, unlike cameras, which cameras, like, you outgrow pretty quickly. Switchers, right. 
if you actually were to buy an A10 Mini Pro and squeeze the most out of it, mm-hmm. you would have an amazing production. Like you, you like, think? I think you could. Yeah, I think you could do some amazing stuff with it. It's interesting you say that. But then you would hit a limit at some point, sure. But you can make the next step. Yeah. Yeah. Then you would just make the next step. But it would be, it would be years before that would happen. Whereas with a camera, like I feel like a camera. There's always there's a lot more new cameras coming out than new. There we go. That market's crazy. Yeah. Here we it's go. Possible to keep here's, up. Here's with. Josh's uh, hobby slash fetish is cameras. Yeah, uh, <laughs> dude, it's a problem. It's a, it's a problem. I Do they have at a cameras every... anonymous like he can join at all? Yeah, maybe? right. Because with cameras, there's more steps. Like with a switcher, there's there's like three hundred dollars, six hundred dollars, two thousand dollars. Like yeah, twenty that you know. There's like. There's not many steps, but with cameras, there's literally like to the to the dollar amount, like up, 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 up. Like you can go from three hundred to four hundred to five hundred to six hundred, all the way from that range all the way up to forty thousand. You know, so or higher. Yeah, and that's what's great about them because you can always jump to something a little bit ahead of you, which is what we're always kind of doing. And then we're sell always... the previous equipment you had to yeah. make up for the cost. Of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, Yard we've sale. <laughs> We've done that too many times. I know the topic isn't on buying and selling gear, but, no, but Josh and I are experts at it now. It's hilarious. And we've made a lot of not so smart purchases, but we've really? we've, we've learned. Really? Now. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of I've done the same thing when it comes to the you audio. You get excited. Realm. Yeah, you get excited. You see, the camera says 4K, you're like this is going to be sick. And then like you get it and you get it in your hands and you're right? like it doesn't look That doesn't, yeah. look, like that doesn't look this good. Yeah. Like why why, why does this guy's camera that's 5 years older than this one look better? That's right, you know, and that's where we should have rented and figured it out. So I think the I think I think the bottom line that comes down to this topic, and we're kind of winding down here to mm-hmm. you know to to the end of this because it's been fun, baby. It's been a great time. <laughs> it's been great. Is um, is it even worth it? Like, is multicam setups even worth it? Like in your case for your story, yeah, it's worth it. But like, yeah, for, let's let's talk to the person who is maybe the 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 church worship director, or maybe they're um they're a small business. Um, you know, social media expert, media expert, you know, or yeah. community manager, or whatever. and they want to do like a webinar, and they want to do a webinar, or they want to yeah. do live streaming, or something in that nature. Is is a multicam setup on a twenty five hundred dollar budget worth it? Can I, it be done? So I would say, uh, n- no. But that's only because I you're would, a camera snob. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say unless the angles are like absolutely necessary that you have to maybe point two cameras in two different directions to get sure. two different things happening and that's essential, I would say probably not. Not for like a straightforward, there's someone on stage talking. Yeah. But I only say that because I think it's more important to check all the boxes first sure. for the other stuff, like good lighting, good audio. So you say put all the production ahead of the camera. Yeah, make sure you're doing that first because like going back to being immersive and making sure it's immersive for the viewer, like audio does that just as much as video does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And lighting does that too. And, and so I would, I mean, I would invest in those core things first. And then if you have those checked off, then like let's think about how many cameras we can add. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, and I and you could almost argue that audio is almost more important than video. Really? In my opinion, sometimes. Well, I know we're not depends. on that topic, but no, they just it's they have to balance each other out, but if you can't really see it and it's a little fuzzy or maybe it's super blown out because they're behind a window or something, yeah. but you can hear them fine. Right. You you'll be like, "Ah, they kind of look bad, but I can at least hear them." When you can't hear them, you're not getting any content. 
you know? Well, that and that makes sense. You're just seeing someone. I but, mean, that's the reason they call it AAV, right? Audio, video. Yeah. Like, but, if we were doing this today with these three cameras, but then we just had a shotgun mic on the wide shot. Oh, it would be. It would, it would just be like, eh. Because you would yeah. notice that somebody overproduced the video and then underproduced the audio. Yes. And I think people notice that, too. So you say a balanced approach to multicam setup, yeah. Yeah. starting with production, yeah, and then determining what your scene and setting is, and yeah. then determining yeah. if you need more than because, one. Yeah, because yeah, I would say on a $2,500 budget, um, like even like this, this podcast here, if we only had twenty five hundred bucks, I'd be like, we need microphones first. Well, that's how much these and, sound panels cost. Yeah, $2, oh, <laughs> the, yeah. But but you you could get away with doing one camera on this podcast, and it would be okay. And it would be. Decent. We have three cameras because we want to make it more immersive and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if it was just if if you're starting a podcast and it's it's you and one other person, one camera is fine you starting out. Fine. And I think if you move up to other events, it is all about kind of the scenery or like we're live stream. I'm live streaming a funeral tomorrow. It it could be done with just one camera in the back. That's that's up front, you know, for everyone. I, appropriately placed. Appropriately placed with one, decency. With decency and respect, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's good. That's good stuff, man. I mean, that's yeah. just really, really good stuff. It's good for people to understand that there's a multi range here. Like, yeah. I personally think that the biggest takeaways is money is not always the main object. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Being cheap doesn't necessarily mean bad quality, but you can't just be so cheap. Yeah, and you know. and I think I think with talking to clients over the years, you hear these stories about like, oh, well, we were given fifteen thousand dollars, and they just go buy a bunch of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, they just buy a bunch, and of they stuff, don't right? know how to use it. So it's that part of kind of what you were saying is, you got to know how to use the stuff, learn it, learn it yeah. before you're just blowing money and buying stuff. So it's it's almost or, like even if you've never done live streaming, just start with one camera. Yeah, get the viewers, get engagement, do all that stuff, and then grow and into grow two cameras when it's necessary. Use okay. it, use it to where you have mastered you've hit a ceiling with it right and you realize what you're missing you realize like, oh we want graphics and then you can yeah. purchase then you can go into a product or a new dev- a device or a new element yeah. Yeah. of your production because now you know exactly what you're missing and what you yeah. can look for yeah that's right. that's kind of my thing with 4k too uh, and resolution oh we can get into 4k I whole, later i know yeah. it's a whole tangent but i guess the the point of it is like even with 4k it's like well have you have you mastered 1080 yet? To have where you even you, mastered 720? Yeah. Let's, have you mastered lighting audio? Let's go back like, down a little bit. Like, have you ma- like just storage of 4K? Yeah. Hard drives. That's a S- lot SD of storage, card, bro. A lot of storage. And we yeah. we shoot in 4K now, you know, but like we really we didn't for a long time because we were like we're not even experts at video yet. Well, and it's I a major like, upgrade from going 360 to your 4K. So I completely yeah. understand. I've seen your videos, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've seen your videos, bro. Like oh, we can talk 4K crazy. all day long yeah, on yeah, another yeah, topic, yeah. but yeah. So I mean, even just that knowledge and growing makes sense. And see, yeah. that's the thing about. Um, I think that's the thing about Boxcast. Okay. Yeah. Just to kind of loop this back around, right? Um, we make it ridiculously easy to get started. It's so easy. It's so easy. Um, and we, it looks really good. And it looks our yeah our quality our servers everything yeah. we do our software is built for that. It's built to make it your first steps really simple and we've got ways to help you with growing your production as yeah. you grow um and not only that but we have a myriad of ways to do that i mean we talked about using an iphone if your iphone looks better use it right yeah so just so we can put a plug in for boxcast because you know we have a great sponsor with sure and then mm-hmm. obviously this is a boxcast podcast yes or it wouldn't be labeled that right <laughs> right <laughs> we we just introduced a, a new feature a little a little bit ago called the go plan mm-hmm. which gives anyone the ability to live stream from their ios device up to three hours a month at 1080p, 60 frames, full quality. Yeah. 
and it's free. And, and it's really, free. Yeah, and, and anyone can sign up. And instantly. you can stream in a really high data rate. Yes, which is and, pretty and, crazy. and I can be, I can attest to this because I've used it. Yeah. Um, my daughter has a very cool little thing she does called Emery Does, and um, and she likes like the first one was she does sushi. So things she's always just first tried or hasn't done before or is like a little timid about. Yeah. And we used the Go plan, and we used the broadcaster app for iOS, and I was streaming at ten to twelve megabits. Yeah, which is crazy. At 1080, it looks 60 super frames. Good. It looks so, yeah. And if you're a professional, the thing I would say, because like a professional might be like, well, that's not for me, but I would say there's a lot of bonus content that you can stream that you, makes it worth it. Like yeah. behind the scenes stuff, or like, yes. There's all kinds of situations where I'm like, I should just pull out the app and, and do this because I don't have oh, yeah. time. I'm already doing my own production over here, so I don't have time or, to necessarily. We always say too, like, I think. For the broadcaster app, if we're talking about examples, um, and one, yeah, if you want to try live streaming, sign up for the Go plan. Give it a go. It's give it a go. Jeez. <laughs> nice. I'm sorry. But, I was gonna say it's but, like but the it's, marketing but it's, team it's came for, up with it. Like it's that. free. Like try it out. There's if you've no never left, there's no risk. There's no risk. And yeah, and um, but I would say like it's the broadcaster app is perfect for like outdoor events, things where you need to move around a bunch. Oh, mobility. Mobility. Like let's say you're doing a tour of your new building. Right. Do the broadcaster app. Or even your kid's sports match. Yeah, or your kid's sports match. And, like, you want to walk around and you want to, like, set the camera in different places. Like, that's so much easier to do with your phone than... Than it is with a big, Than one of these big, bulky cameras that's hooked up to an encoder and all that stuff. So, like, you can... the, The broadcast... And, again, Gary, for your situation at your church, if you... Let's just say you were like, oh, our camera broke and, like, I don't know what to do. You could set the broadcaster app, broadcaster app up, middle of the aisle or something like yeah, and like go and, and stream and, and it's a solution and yeah, run absolutely. it audio and it would be and it would look really good it's and, really and good. it would be one of those things where it would it would save you on that sunday because hey our camera broke absolutely wait maybe we can't get another camera for two months use a broadcaster there you go yeah. yeah well i think uh i think our time's come to a a, a sharp abrupt end here but <laughs> yeah. i will i will say first and foremost it's an honor and a pleasure to be able to do this with you guys so thank you for allowing me to come up into clements's attic and uh, <laughs> you can come over whenever you work want. up in here and uh, I'm doing it three hours away, bro. So I'll be up, I'll be up every weekend. And, uh, but I would, I would strongly like to say thank you to our sponsor again, sure for yeah. the amazing equipment we're using. Thank you, Kevin Kletzer, our producer today, who's doing all of our video switching and audio mixing. Good we job. Really appreciate Kevin. it. Thank you. Boxcast and all of our leadership for saying yes to this. We're very excited, but guys, that's our first episode. Hey, we did it. Woo! Man, right? Congratulations, yeah. friends. That went by quick. Trying it Good out, job. getting it going. So, well, listen, again, my name's Gary. My name's Wade. I'm Josh. And we are the BoxCast Podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.